I'm coming to your cities. I recently did an event in New York. It was awesome. I loved bringing real couples up on stage. We had no idea what was going to happen. The crowd loved it. I was sharing real numbers. It was a blast. And I want to do it again. I'm looking to coach couples on stage at my next two live events, one in Philly on June 1st, one in Boston on June 4th. If you and your partner want help connecting over money, you want to solve a big financial challenge you have, please apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. If you and your partner struggle to come up with a shared vision of your rich life, if you have different priorities about spending and saving, if you just can't get on the same page financially, I would love to coach you live on stage in your city. It is free of charge. You can apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. I'll see you in Boston and Philly. You know, money doesn't have to be boring. I get a lot of questions of people who have set up their accounts, who have money being saved, and they're like, what now? What's next? How am I supposed to design my rich life? That is why I created the journal. The journal is something you can do either on your own or with a partner. Imagine yourself 15 minutes in the morning, you have a cup of steaming tea, and you're sitting down following the prompts that help you envision what your rich life is. What's your perfect week? What's your perfect month, year? This journal is designed as a no numbers journal. It's not technical, but it's going to help you understand what you truly value and also what you don't care about. I recommend you pick up a copy of this journal. You can do it solo or with a partner and it will help you design your rich life. Get it at any bookstore now. How are you both feeling about uh, our conversation today? Excited and scared, I guess. I feel like I'm going to look really stupid. <laughs> oh, why do you why do you worry about that? Just because I don't like Mike does most of the finances. Mm. You know, I'm just like, tell me how much I should spend. Okay, <laughs> and Mike, you mentioned excited, great, yes. and scared. Why mm -hmm. scared? Well, I guess I know that I'm not a good conscious spender. <laughs> and and uh, I have a, a history of, I guess, enabling where I want my family to have what they want. Wow, we really need somebody to kind of put these things in front of our face mm -hmm. and help us finally, after 38, almost 39 years of marriage, be able to, you know, dream and make it happen mm -hmm. instead of one day, one day, one day. This week in episode 102, you heard from Mike and Janice. They're a couple in their early 60s, and they told me, we've been together for 39 years, and we've been broke for 39 years. This was an unforgettable episode with lots of twists and turns. We heard about their 31-year-old son that they can't seem to cut off financially. We heard about Mike feeling like a commodity when he was growing up. And we heard about the ducks and the cats and the dogs and all kinds of farm animals. So today I want to do something a little different. Starting today and every Thursday from now on, I want to take you behind the scenes of this week's episode. I want to share the can't miss moments and even some cut moments that you didn't hear the first time so you can go deeper when it comes to your money psychology. So let's kick it off with three can't miss moments from my conversation with Mike and Janice. Now, first up, you got to listen to this background of Mike and Janice. You've heard me talk about how our upbringing affects the way that we look at the world of money. Listen to Janice as she describes what Mike's parents gave him 
at his college graduation. If you ever follow me on Instagram, sometimes you'll see me post about my behind the scenes travel experiences, coffee tours, salsa making classes in Mexico, all kinds of culinary stuff in India. And I'll get a lot of people saying, where do I find that Kyoto notepad maker that you found? And one place you can find that is Viator. In fact, my wife and I used Viator to book a Segway tour where we took a tour of a new city and we had an amazing experience, something we never would have thought of doing on our own. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. And with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everybody. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real travel reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best travel activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. I get tons of email every single day, and I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I manage emails from my team, from my family, and from you. I use a piece of software called Superhuman, and this is an email software that I actually pay for out of my own pocket. It works with your existing email service like Gmail or Outlook, and let me share how it saves me over 10 hours a week. So here are a few things I love about it. First off, it splits my inbox into different streams, so my important emails come into one place. It's not cluttered with a bunch of subscriptions everywhere. Next, I use keyboard shortcuts, unlike you barbarians who literally click and peck through every single email. U to mark it unread, S to star it, J or K to cycle through messages. And I use keystrokes to schedule messages, like when I want to ask one of my coworkers a question, but I don't want to send them an email on a Saturday. Now, I can work through dozens of emails in minutes using this. And Superhuman just introduced an AI feature, which allows you to take a huge email with all these people chiming in and automatically summarize what's going on in a few bullet points. It'll even draft emails for you. So if you want to buy back your time, Superhuman is a no-brainer to me. It's something I spend my own money on and I love it. Right now, all IWT listeners will get a free month of Superhuman you can get started at superhuman.com slash Ramit. That's superhuman.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. At the graduation, my parents were there and or my mom and her husband were there and Mike's parents were there and they handed him a graduation card and he looked at it and then he handed it to me and I opened it up and it had every single cent that he had borrowed like Christmas present for dad, $20. And she had listed every um, debt that he had to them and then put minus 100, we're proud of you. And he had a master's in architecture from uh, University of Illinois. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Yep. Mike's mom listed every expense he incurred as a kid. Beanbag chair, college, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what was the minus 100? What is that? That was, was her gift for graduating president. with a My master's. Gosh. Yeah. And Mike, was your reaction, here we go again? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't do anything. I ripped it up and threw it on the ground. Imagine getting a card like that from your parents on your graduation day. How would that affect the way you look at the world? 
And how do you think it would affect the way you think about money and time going forward? We spend a lot of time talking to couples about how they grew up. And one of the reasons I do this is I want to disabuse you of this idea that we are all rational robots, that we go to the grocery store and we compare the price of bread by number of slices per dollar, and then we buy rationally. That's just not how it works. We are a product of our experience. It actually is shocking to me that people will listen to 100 episodes of this show and they'll be like, wow, childhood really matters. And then they'll go right back out in the world and post on Twitter, oh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's just a matter of showing up to work. That's not how it works. We are a product of our experiences. What I didn't get to tell you on the episode with Mike and Janice is a little bit more about their background. If you listen to them, you go, why don't they just get their CSP in order, have a conversation about money, stop paying for their deadbeat son, and live a rich life? Mike actually sent me an email after our conversation sharing some of his upbringing that I didn't know about. Let me read you some of what he told me. He said, I had an alcoholic father. My grandfather would often send my mother his paycheck because my father had spent it on weekend drinking binges and not coming home. Janice also had an alcoholic father. Her parents divorced when she was 13. Her mom remarried when she was 17 to a guy who turned out to be horrible. So at 17, Janice and her older sister moved out of their house. When Janice was 19, her sister was killed by a drunk driver. Janice's father was a homicide victim when our daughter was three and a half and our son was only 10 months old. These experiences are deeply interwoven with who they are. I share this because if you see someone acting in a peculiar way with money or a way that doesn't match up with how you would act, there's often a reason. Sometimes they don't even know what the reason is, but there's often a reason way, way, way back in their history. And as part of this podcast, my dream, my wish is for us to all become a little bit more compassionate about the people as it comes to their spending and financial behaviors. Next up, financially supporting their 31-year-old son. Your son is 31, you're 63, and you're helping him with his finances. Yeah. Does he have a job? Yes. How much does he make? Ballpark. Uh, Right now, he's at like 3,500 a month. Okay, all right. And for his area... Is that... He's up in Seattle, so it's pretty expensive. Yeah, Yeah. that's expensive. Okay. All right. So you help him with some stuff. And you said to your own detriment. (sighs) Hold on. on. Janice just let out a huge (laughs) sigh and she looks down at the floor. Don't worry, Janice. I'm coming to you soon. I know you got a lot of stories. She's probably going to pull out this scroll, 35 pages. She goes, Ramit, run the tape. I got a few things I want to talk about. Yeah, All my right. mom I wanna... wasn't the only one who kept the list. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Mike, to your own detriment, give me an example where you have helped your son, financially speaking, to your own detriment. Uh, I think it's really uh, in the past few years, because when he was younger, we helped him financially uh, as far as he was in a few bands. He he traveled the country, so we helped him with that, and it was a great experience for him. Mm-hmm. But then when he moved out, uh, he got himself into situations with a variety of girlfriends that were not helpful as far as economically. 
What is that? That's a very nice way just, of putting it. What does that mean? <laughs> that they were they were freeloaders, basically. Okay. Now it, it's been a few times, but there were two big incidents. One where his girlfriend wrecked his car, mm-hmm. and to get it fixed, you know they, they he couldn't pick it up till he paid for it. His uh, insurance lapsed. Yeah. How much? What? Oh, his was, insurance lap. Okay, that's not good. And uh, how much did he have to pay? It was about thirty six hundred. And so, what did he do? He picked up the phone to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How'd that call go? Hey, Dad. What yeah, do you say? The car, you know, he's and the <laughs> the bad thing was that he actually worked at the car dealership that was repairing it, and they <laughs> they wouldn't give Come him on. a break. This is no. like out of a. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they he, wouldn't. Uh, they. It's like well. All right, take it on my paycheck, but they yeah. wouldn't do it. They wouldn't release the car till he paid for it. And what kind of car, by the way? Well, that was actually a Land Rover because he a worked- fucking Land Rover. <laughs> Are you kidding me? He makes thirty five hundred a month, and he well, drives a Land Rover. Well, no, this what is, world is this? Well, previously, previously had he had worked for Land Rover. <laughs> he was making get, a lot more. You don't get yeah. that much of a discount. No, no. Again, instead of. Saying no, I don't have the money either. I put it on a credit card to, you know, bail him out because he needed a car to get around. But with the intention that he was going to pay us. Back. Right. Right. Yeah. Who's whose intention? Who said that? Well, it was it was an agreement that they were going to pay it back, and they started to. When he stopped paying you, were were there any consequences? No. Huh. Well, because they laid him off because of. Co- of COVID, right. they laid yeah. him off from his job, yeah. and they still made him keep the lease on the Land Rover for four hundred dollars a month. That's horrible. That's why we yeah. don't take those kind of obligations from our employer. It's handcuffs, and people think they're getting a great deal, but they're actually being encumbered. Did he mm-hmm. learn any lessons from this? Oh, I don't know. No, Mike. Uh, no, because it, I like Mike's honesty. Yeah. No, because yeah. now he, he he drives a Jaguar. I have to admit that when I heard about their 31-year-old son calling them up and basically extorting them to send money, otherwise they're never going to see their son again, I got pissed. I'm still pissed. How can you do that to your elderly parents, especially knowing how they were raised? I just can't stop thinking about this. I want to point out what happens when you enable someone else financially. And we've seen it. We've seen it in many examples of couples on this show, on the Netflix show, and many other places, if you do not actually feel the effects of your behavior, like if you don't have to have a job because someone's just sending you money, it's probably likely that you're going to lose touch with reality. It's no surprise that Mike and Janice's son lies to them, evades them, doesn't take responsibility, because in many ways, the way that they treated him with money was to enable him. Mike and Janice know this. Janice rolling her eyes the entire time. She knows it. But I want to emphasize for you to really be critical about any areas where you might be enabling someone else or even allowing yourself to be enabled. Think about it. A lot of people go, how would I turn down money from my parents if they want to give it to me? And sure, if your parents have the ability and willingness to give you some money for down payment or a car, whatever, fantastic. That's awesome. 
But you have to remember that there are strings that come along. It may be explicit, like you need to have your wedding the way we want, or maybe implicit, like because somebody gave me this money, I don't take it as seriously, or I don't understand how hard it was to earn it. Now, I want to add one last thing to confound this entire example. I used to think growing up, going to public school, that if you had wealthy parents and you went to private school, that you were spoiled. I just thought that. I don't know where I got that idea from, but I think a lot of people believe that. I certainly did. And then I went to college. And within my first week, I met a lot of people who had wealthy parents and who had gone to private school. And I, it was like my world shattered in front of me because I realized this thing I had believed fervently for so long was totally wrong. Doesn't mean you're spoiled just because your parents have a lot of money and even sent you to private school. My college friends, some of them worked really hard. Some of them less so, but there was basically no correlation at all. And in fact, I really admire a lot of the friends that I met who grew up really wealthy and work insanely hard. So being enabled or enabling someone with money is not as simple as it's good or it's bad. It is complex. But I just want you to understand that if you are considering paying for somebody, enabling them in a certain way, it might have effects. And if you are the recipient of that, it also might have effects. Finally, we have to talk about the phantom cost of these pets. You know, a lot of people in America don't like to talk about costs when it comes to their pets. It's like very unromantic. It's like talking about the cost of how much it costs to date or, you know, be in love and build a relationship. It's like, hey, money is real. Just because it's romantic doesn't mean that the money part of it fades out of the equation. Let's be honest. It costs money to have pets. It costs money to date, costs money to get married and on and have kids and on and on and on. Whenever someone dares to bring up the idea of the cost of pets, people get really defensive. Mike and Janice were actually great. They acknowledged, particularly Janice, that she hadn't really thought that if once a year she has to take her duck to the vet and it costs 1200 bucks, that she actually needs to spread that cost out or amortize it over the course of a year. That'll be a hundred bucks a month for the ducks. In fact, in America, we're simply taught to look at the sticker price. That's it. And companies incentivize us. They have no reason to tell us about all the secret phantom costs. They're just like, oh, look at the price, the house, the car, the dinner. But of course, phantom costs are prevalent. For example, whenever I plan a vacation, I know whatever the hotel nightly rate is, I add 50%. That accounts for 38% taxes. If I get a drink, tip, etc. It was really important for Mike and Janice to grasp the importance of these phantom costs. One, whenever you buy something, in fact, the more expensive you buy, the more phantom costs you're going to have. Second, there are one-time costs that still need to be accounted for in your conscious spending plan. And if you don't do this, you end up like millions of Americans who earn decent money, but they are always confused, where's it all going? That's because you didn't honestly calculate the insidious phantom costs that are present in many purchases. I have a friend of mine who's always cold. She told me she and her partner have totally different temperatures when they sleep. She goes to bed in a flannel pajama. She's got extra blankets. Her partner's running hot. So now she recently started testing the pod cover from 8sleep, one of our sponsors. Before she goes to sleep, she gets on the app, cranks up the heat, and when she gets into bed at night, it's already warm and waiting for her. 
The pod cover by 8sleep fits on your bed like a fitted sheet, and it collects information. It has sensors. The pod then uses that information to understand what you need to get better sleep. You can set it to heat up or cool down before you get into bed. It also adjusts while you sleep, and you can set it to change temperatures to gently wake you up in the morning. Best part, there are two zones. So if you run hot and your partner runs cold, you can each set your side of the bed to exactly how you want it. Improve the way you sleep by using my link at 8sleep.com slash Ramit for $200 off plus free shipping on their high-tech pod three cover. That's 8sleep.com slash Ramit, E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T for a better, smarter sleep. A few years ago, I was at a tea tasting in New York with one of my buddies. I thought it was going to be a normal tea tasting. Suddenly, six people from Japan come in. They pour basically three thimblefuls of tea and we taste it. I've never tasted anything like that. And they tell us if we were to buy that, just the three thimblefuls, it would be $75. Now, drop for drop, that's the most expensive thing I've ever had to drink. Not all of us have the time or the money to buy that specific tea from that specific mountainside in Japan. But what if you could capture that feeling of the care and the love, even the way that they served it to us? What if you could bring that to your home every morning? Well, I want to introduce you to one of our newest sponsors, Peak Tea. What makes Peak Tea special is that the tea is cold extracted using only wild harvested leaves from 250-year-old tea leaves. That makes the tea rich in minerals, and other beneficial compounds. Now, the greatest part is that peak tea is zero prep. There's no tea bag that you have to steep for the perfect amount of time. Peak dissolves in cold or hot water in seconds. It's already pre-measured, it's perfectly brewed, and it's perfect to take if you travel. My team's been trying peak tea, and they especially love the Pu'er green teas. For a limited time, get up to 15% off and a free quiver with 12 tea samples with my link, peaklife.com slash Ramit. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. So we talked about your pets costing 600 bucks a month or $1,000 a month because we factor (laughs) in, right? We got to amortize or spread all those costs out. (laughs) I think that you need to be thinking very carefully about how much you can actually afford to spend on pets. Like, I know you have a good cause, but if if I were in your position, the first thing I would say is like, absolutely no more animals. Oh, yeah. No, we're in agreement on that. Okay. And yeah. next is how long and like, what's the plan for these animals? Do you plan to provide for them forever, et cetera? Just because $1,000 a month is a lot of money. Right now, it's a lot. It was five hundred. I thought Everybody, that was a lot. So let me give you an example of why this is so important. So when I, uh, I, you love ducks, I love hotels. Okay, let's just <laughs> perfect example. So a duck, you go, oh, this duck costs like fifty bucks a month, but then you forget that once a year you need to pay some expensive vet fee. For me, I go, oh, this hotel is three hundred bucks a night, but I got to factor in taxes, tipping eating at the restaurant, whatever, it actually adds 50% to the price. So Mm -hmm. 300 actually becomes $450 a night. It's a lot of hidden costs in all these things that we choose. And a hotel is just a hotel. Animals are a whole different story. We don't, we don't make a thousand dollars in eggs. 
Yeah. All right. I want to make sure you that this is clear, Janice, because it's really important. Mm-hmm. So let's say you spend a hundred dollars a month for your pets. Just easy math, a hundred bucks a month. That's twelve hundred bucks a year. Okay. Let's say that you have to take one of the dogs to the vet, and that costs twelve hundred bucks. Okay. So if I were to ask you how much do you spend on your pets every year, what would you say? So you said, I already lost you. It's okay. We'll go slow. Okay. So $100 a month. Yep. Over 12 months. Yep. Yeah. That would be how much? $1,200. Yep. And then your dog has an accident and it costs $1,200. So that doubles it right there. So how much would okay. that be per year? 2400. 2400, which is 200 bucks a month, not right. 100. Right. Right. We got to figure in the food and stuff. Exactly. So uh, what I'm doing is I'm helping you to kind of think at a higher level. So now you have a birds eye view over all of your expenses. Fun fact, in their screening interview, one of Janice's primary questions was to ask my producer, should we put the costs of our pets in this category or that category. It's like, who cares? There's so much chaos going on in their financial life. And she was worried about sell B32 versus B46. Again, we find comfort in $3 questions because it allows us to control something. How it's categorized is totally irrelevant. We simply need to start from ground zero and calculate what's really going on here. You'll notice this in episode 80, where I point out to Sarah and Kevin that the amount of their vacation is probably double what she thinks it is, and she's visibly startled. Same thing here, but this time with pets. All right, I want to thank you for listening to this Thursday episode. I have a podcast newsletter where you can come and ask me questions about these episodes or money psychology. Go to iwt.com slash podcast newsletter. Ask me your questions there, and I will answer them every Saturday. See you next week. Thanks for listening to I Will Teach You To Be Rich. I'm Ramit Sethi. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't read I Will Teach You To Be Rich, my book, pick up a copy. You can get it at any bookstore or any library, and it will show you the specific tactics for how to build the I Will Teach You To Be Rich system into your personal finances.